0: Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. So, Liz, yes.
1: um, Apparently, you need either a nuclear weapon or some pepper spray to take down the U.S. government. Take your pick.
0: I, I think it's normal to threaten a free society, to have the leader of a free society threaten the populace with nuclear weapons and F-16s, I mean, I think it's normal, you know, healthy, don't you think? Healthy. So before we get into that, let's
1: share some personal uh, anecdotes here. So I know you grew up in the West, right? In Vegas? Yes. Yes. So I just returned from Colorado and Utah. I have to say, as you can imagine, I'm not a Western gal, (laughs) <laughs> I love the outdoors, but it's just even too outdoorsy for me. But that place is hot as hell, and the dryness—I feel like I aged 30 years being out there. Is that just me, or no? Am I like the humid Chicago Florida girl? And that—you know what? It's what different.
0: Happened? It's totally different. As someone who grew up here, and I'm used to the heat, and I like the heat, like I like the dry heat. But when I went to Boston for college, I was like, I was on my deathbed. I was like, what is this? And, you know, as someone who is used to being in high temperatures, I look at the number, right? I'm like, oh, it's, a, it's 115 degrees. But when you go to a place like Boston, and I've lived in Chicago right. or D.C., which is literally a swamp, and you see, oh, it's 85. That is like winter in Las Vegas. But in a humid climate it, it'll, it'll just, it'll kill you. It's a totally different environment. And so that's why there's this joke where people always say about Vegas and Phoenix. Oh, it's a dry heat, you know, where, <laughs> cause it's different than the kind of humidity that you have in Chicago. And, and as someone with a Jufro, I have curly hair. Okay. Um, the humidity is my enemy, like my mortal enemy, You know, that's why I keep my hair tied up in a knot. Otherwise, I look like Marge Simpson. Um, It just goes every it just goes berserk. So I do I do get it. And you do have to get you have to be used to it. But definitely um, one of my fondest memories growing up out in the West in the desert is when my friends and I would go play at a park. And being that I'm Gen X, obviously, I was like, get out, see you when the sun goes down. Um, we would play on swing sets and slides that were metal. So like I would basically go down a slide that was something like 375 degrees hot because it was metal or like having a seatbelt burn you like with blisters because it was metal. So, uh, yes. So I I, I get it. I don't think it's just you. It's different. It's definitely different.
1: And I love the heat in Chicago like – Cause you know, I'm outside a ton and do things outside and it doesn't bother me. I, but it is what your body's used to. I mean, I was dying out there, not just, not really just the heat itself, but just the whole climate. Like my hair, I thought was going to break out uh, like off my head. I'm the opposite of you. So I have waspy stick straight now over-processed blonde hair, but, um, it was brutal. I, I, I mean, it's and it's pretty, but I also like the beach. So that's just my little, um, that's my book report on my trip out west.
0: No, I, I hear you, Julie, I, and I acknowledge you, as the leftists say. I <laughs> hear you and I acknowledge you. I'm just speaking my truth. That's all. Speak, <laughs> speak your truth to power about the heat. <laughs> it's like taking your hair dryer and pointing it at your face, basically, <laughs> for 24 hours so I get that. So let's go talk about the news. And we have so much to talk about. And we want to start out with Joe Biden, President Puddinghead. He gave a speech yesterday about crime. And the Democrats are in a lot of trouble because the defund the police chickens have come home to roost. And Mm -hmm of all the policies and all the backdoor negotiations that go on in DC, most people don't care about the different bills and they have these funny names and they deal with regulations and people just, they're not into it. It's not, as we say in the, in the industry, it's not sexy. Nobody's getting all excited about, um, you know, cap and trade or the law, of the sea treaty, they, nobody cares. But when, there is a slaughter and murders and rapes and assaults going on in your neighborhood. It's That's very different. And so we have seen a terrible crime wave coming. It's been in the headlines. There's no way around it. So Joe Biden had to, they gave him some smelling salts. Mm-hmm. They're like, Joe.
1: They didn't really he, work. They didn't really no, work.
0: His handler no, that's should true. do better. No. They gave him that like is what's that like syringe they inject into your heart, you know, like, you know, to wake him up or or they did the crash cart and they were like, you need to repeat the words we're going to say in your ear. And so Joe Biden gave a talk about crime because this is a huge issue elect for during elections, for sure. People do not like to feel unsafe. So we knew this was going to be about guns and so joe biden did not fail to deliver a typical just delusional fantasy land explanation of why there is this crime surge in mm-hmm. in the coincidentally large democrat run cities who have decided to cut the police force and take all their money away <laughs> so Right. Which apparently in his mind or what's left of it has nothing to do with why there is a crime surge. So, Julie, what were your thoughts on Biden's speech or whoever wrote it or whoever's puppet master speech?
1: Um, Well, first of all, his delivery, once again, so sketchy, so shaky. Um, I, I can't believe that people legitimately think he can handle the presidency. Or that he is handling it, because, of course, we know that he's not. It's really Barack Obama and Susan Rice and that cabal. Um, But, you know, this goes back to the Democrats' playbook, as you know, about guns are the problem, not the people. Now, using the guns and, more importantly, the politicians from mayors to local prosecutors who are letting the thugs control the streets – continue to let them off, uh, let them out of jail, let them out on bond uh, repeatedly. And they're just terrorizing people in inner cities across the country. And um, I don't know, I guess, well, I, I don't know if the New York may, mayoral race, if that impacted. Oh, it did. Uh, it did. And oh, I yeah, mean, I'm, because I didn't the, follow that closely. but The
0: leader, the, they have ranked choice voting which means that everybody votes, I think it was the top three, you rank one candidate number one, another candidate number two, and another candidate number three. And the, the leader, his name is Adams, and he's a former cop, just to put it in perspective. Okay, that's, okay. So because, you know, the elitists, the elite New Yorkers live on the Upper West Side, and they live in their precious bubble, you know, there's homeless people masturbating on their little prince and princesses. You know, you can't go outside with your $3,000 buggy with your babies um, because there's, you know, mentally ill people that are allowed to just kind of hang around your neighborhood. And we've seen repeated uh, stories all over the country, not just in New York, of people just getting cold cocked, carjacked, raped, um, property damage, a lot of uh, assaults going on in the New York subway. We've seen. We, we've been told that white supremacists are beating up Asians, although it's not really it's not white people. Um, and so this has all been in the headlines. So I think it did affect the New York um, election, and it's going to affect other things too. And one of the most notable things I found about Joe's speech, or you know, the words he spoke, barely. <laughs> what was, was that? He made absolutely no connection to the series of Democrat policies that have literally just sped up the decay of society where in in cities like New York and I think San Francisco as well, probably I don't know if it's in Seattle and Portland, but it's definitely in San Francisco, maybe in L.A. and definitely in New York. They just don't have bail. So you're not held, you know, and and it's not as if some judge can say well we've arrested you 17 times for stabbing people so we're gonna not give you bail or we're gonna make your bail so high that you're gonna think before you forfeit it they just don't have bail so people are out right away and then you have um district attorneys like chessa bowden in san francisco and they're peppered out throughout the u.s that you know they're just not going to prosecute crimes they're just not and so those people are out and about, you know, in less than 24 hours to keep going. They know they look, they know they're not going to get prosecuted. They know they're not right. going to be put in jail, so they're going to keep going. And instead of talking about the policies and and I might add, we have no idea how many millions of dollars have been cut from police departments all over the country. So not only are police leaving because they don't have any support and they're apparently supposed to be 100% perfect. Um, and once they're held up to public scrutiny, when someone's videotaped them, they're basically their choices are deconstructed like a, a Zabruder film with the Kennedy assassination. So they have no support. They know if anything happens, they will, even if it's not, they're not really to blame in, in any obvious sense, they won't be supported. They're going to get thrown to the wolves. So people are retiring or le- just quitting or, and they're certainly not joining. So, Couple that with taking money away. And Joe Biden wanted instead to just talk about guns. So I know that our listeners are really smart, but I think it's important for me to just explain a couple things about how gun sales work in America. And I say this as someone who is a gun owner. I'm a sports shooter. I've purchased guns in many different formats, all legally, Um, but it is actually quite it's a very regulated industry, contrary to the way that the Democrats and Joe Biden would have you think. In order to sell guns, if you are a gun store, you need to get a federal firearms license. And that is done through the ATF. And I would like to say that is not a pleasant process. It's a very long process. You basically forfeit, uh, you know, any Many of your privacy rights. The ATF has the right to basically kick in your door at any moment and demand to see all of your paperwork. And you do have to have paperwork. So you go through this process to get a federal firearms license, and you have the ATF who is keeping an eye on you. You know your everyone hates. You know the left has mobilized against gun stores. You're sort of already a public enemy um, in the media, and you're demonized. And then Joe Biden wants you to believe that someone's going to sacrifice that to sell an illegal gun to some thug, because that's what he was point he made yesterday is by saying that there are gun dealers who don't follow gun laws. Okay, if you have a federal firearms license, you can never sell a gun without a background check. That is a federal law. That's not a state law, it's not optional. It is a federal law that you need to run a background check. You can't go into the men's room at a gun show and sell a gun to someone without a background check. There is no circumstances at a as a federal firearm license that you can sell a gun privately. That's what it's called a private sale where two individuals sell a gun, sell a gun, you know, have a gun exchange, you know, someone buys it, someone sells it. So no federal firearms license holder is going to take a risk like that when that is their livelihood. And the second thing to know is that we hear a lot about the gun show loophole where you can just go to a gun show and buy a gun without a background check. No, you can't. In order to sell a gun at a gun show, you need to get a, a booth. You need to buy a booth. So if you're not a federal firearms license holder and that's your business, you're not going to pay $200 or $300 to set up a table so you can sell a a gun or even two guns, it's not going to happen. So there's just all of these lies being told. One of the big lies was Joe Biden saying that there are gun dealers who are selling guns illegally. It's also not possible to buy a gun through a gun dealer in a state where you don't live. So let's say you live in Chicago and you're like, let's take a road trip to Indiana and buy a gun there. Well, guess what? If you go to a gun dealer, the gun dealer is going to say, Who is your federal firearms license holder because I need to send this gun to that person and then you go to that person and do your paperwork and then you can take possession of your gun. So the people that are buying guns that are criminals, you're talking about a massive criminal network that has nothing to do with legal gun owners or gun stores. And we're just – they just – are not going to let you know that. They want you to think that you can go to Bass Pro Shop and be like, "Hey, if I give you $100, will you not run a background check on me?" This all lies. <laughs> Very upsetting. And so, but I was happy to learn or not not happy. I guess I guess I was put in my place to learn that my guns will not protect me because Joe Biden is, you know, as you mentioned at the opening of the show, he's you know, he's going to he can just nuke, he's going to nuke us, <laughs> you know. I mean, so. I think we need um a couple F-15s
1: to save ourselves from the Biden um, Biden killing machine. I mean, what comes next after imprisoning your political opponents, including, you know, poor grandmothers from Indiana? Obviously nuking them. I mean, you can't round up everyone, can you? No. You just need like a blanket. We just need another dark winter. Like that's what he's going to
0: bring. Just clean up he needs to take out the trash, American trash. <laughs> and that's and by trash, I mean us. Um, but it's just so amazing to have listened to that conference where absolutely nothing of any value was said to actually stop crime. and not like we're gonna we're gonna prosecute people to the fullest extent of the law. nothing about people who, Try to buy a gun and they lie on their form, which is a felony like like Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, who is a gun criminal, a legit gun criminal because he lied on his four, four, seven, three, which is the form that you fill out when you buy a gun. It has a series of questions on it. Things like, um, you know, have you ever been adjudicated? Uh, the fra- turn of phrase is not politically correct, so I'm not going to repeat it. Um. I think it's mental retard or something. Literally, that's the phrase on the form. Um, That's one. Have you been discharged, uh, dishonorably discharged? There's a bunch of questions. And of course, they enter that into the database when you buy a gun. But Hunter Biden bought a gun and did not tell the truth on his form. And in Hunter Biden's case, nothing happened. But actually, in a lot of people's cases who do that, nothing happens. They are not prosecuted. They're not prosecuted. So we have over 3,000 gun laws on the books. And there are not, they're not really followed. So instead, we got talk about, we're going to crack down on whatever we're going to provide, I guess, counseling for people to know that there's another alternative to violent crime, which who knew, right? I mean, that's super awesome. Nobody knew there's other ways of living than a life of crime. So the whole thing was just another, it's really just damage control. I think, what do you think, Julie? Do you agree?
1: Yes, it is. And what's funny is um, there have been a couple articles recently, even in the New York Times, and I don't know if it was Ezra Klein or someone had this lengthy tweet storm about how Republicans are pouncing. They're going to be seizing, or, yep. you know, all of their favorite adjectives about how Republicans are the ones who are going to be exploiting this crime wave in inner cities as proving that Democrats cannot run big cities and that they bring violence mayhem chaos destruction to their own cities that that will play into the republicans hands well what does that even mean you just proved your own you're trying to disprove your own point like because that is actually what is happening
0: well so as if the democrats never take political advantage of any situation you know what i mean like ever so but it you're right i mean the It's like you bought the ticket. Now take the ride. You don't want cops in your city. Okay, well, guess what? You know, it's going to be the Thunderdome then. People don't like that.
1: And once again, Liz and I need to underscore, we are not reflexive cop supporters in any way, shape, or form at all. Nope, nope, nope. And in fact, the past year, police have acted so badly in many situations that – Republicans need to sort of step back and consider their own reflexive back the blue mentality. And we can get into a little bit of that just on the local level. What's happening in your home state now, adopted home state of Virginia. Um, But look, when you have cops who are bending the knee, including FBI agents, you have them arresting parents in parks because they're violating COVID orders from maniacal governors um and other things look it, i mean defund the police probably not make sure that they're doing the right thing and serving the people that they should be serving which is the people who pay them not the anyone from the school board to Gretchen Whitmer we've got a big problem
0: yep and i i think one of my favorite memories of the coronavirus the year of the coronavirus or 16 months because i think we're still we're still going
1: uh there's um, and there's variants liz so just you that, know, that's true out. that
0: right there's the delta variant so we can't count that out but was and the very beginning when somebody was like paddleboarding all alone <laughs> in the ocean and then the coast guard like swarmed him do you remember that that yes video and it's and it, i i feel like that's it in a microcosm but again That's our, those are people responsible for our national security. And here's some poor schmuck by himself, (laughs) you know, on a paddleboard. And so you did have police. They were shutting down businesses. They were, you know, hauling people away who had a mask around their, under their nose, um, or they were too close to each other. So yeah, Julie and I do not speak. We're not police sycophants, you know, but we do believe in law and order. I mean, I think the police, should have a very limited involvement in people's day to day life. So, you well, know. Well, there
1: is one agency that the Democrats do not want to defund who actually is getting a couple hundred million bucks for as their payoff, as their kickback for their involvement in January 6th, and that is U.S. Capitol Police because they're getting a big boost in funding for hazard pay overtime. And therapy pay. dogs. I mean, therapy these, these are all. Our- Serve Mm -hmm. and
0: protect, um, you know, guardians of the Capitol who apparently need to pet some puppies because there is an unruly crowd, you know. Brian Sicknick,
1: ex-girlfriend who he was broken up with, but now is parading around acting like the grieving widow so she can get some kind of payoff. Anyway, that's the only agency the Democrats do not want to defund. But, yeah, so... The whole thing, though, too, is this whole Biden agenda and in coupled with what's happening in cities is completely backfiring. They're sensing this. This is why they're on such a rampage to pass all of this crazy shit that they want, including for the People Act, uh, the election bill that basically will codify what happened in 2020. I don't know what people are upset about. Like Mitch McConnell, why are you saying this is horrible when you. It basically just codified what happened in 2020, which you thought was on the up and up. But anyway, um, so they can see not only in 2022, after the remaps reapportionment in the states that are losing House seats, the red states that are gaining House seats. Republicans have a really good shot of picking up the House, which who cares at this point? Right. It won't matter. They're going to do it won't matter. Yeah, I mean, they're
0: useless too. Kevin McCarthy's
1: really going to lay down the law. He's really going to write some letters. House There's going to be
0: more letters, Julie. That's one thing we know will happen. Elect me because I am going to send really mean letters to our agencies. That's what I'm going to do. That's pretty much what we're what we're looking at. But I think um, th- that they're the for the people act is, is not in a good way, but they're working on something else. So we're not out of the woods yet. And they know if they don't codify some horrific election laws, they're going to just get slammed in 20 for 2022, because uh, especially the public safety issue, but also the critical race theory, which is really blown up now. It's been brought out into the public. Mm -hmm. I guess if you could say there's one good thing that came out of the pandemic, I think we may have even talked about this when it started, was the parents watching. What the kids are getting taught when they're home doing their online classes. And the parents are pissed off. So there have been these outrages around the country at various school board meetings. These school board people, you know, has anyone, do people really go to school board meetings? I mean, there's probably like 10 people, maybe if that, at these open meetings. There's Oreo cookies and and some soda pop. I mean, it's, it's now there's hundreds of people and they are furious because they are learning that their children have been getting indoctrinated into this neo-Marxist race war shit. Um, And their children are being taught to focus on race and color. And they have to have, go through these struggle sessions where they recant their whiteness, whatever, whatever the fuck that means. What, What that means, it means whatever it needs to mean to achieve power, basically. And the parents are angry. And that's another thing that is going to be an election issue. Which one of these elected officials is going to back this way of teaching children? And we've seen cops in Virginia, Julie referenced earlier, in Loudoun County, which is a very wealthy county. It's a rich suburb. I think it's one of the 10 richest counties in America, most of them surround D.C., go figure. And this is a very wealthy, it's where the lobbyists live and defense contractors. And they're finding out that their little precious children, <clears throat> their prince and princesses, are being told that they're oppressive oppressors. They're being taught all of this garbage. And they are not happy to hear that. And also, there's a bunch of, they were making some transgender laws there about kids being allowed to use whatever bathroom shower locker room of the gender that they identify as which you know makes kids uncomfortable in middle school I mean I remember Mm -hmm. PE when I was in school I would have been very uncomfortable if I was showering next to someone with a penis you know know. well I would have been I know my parents would have gone there and they would have probably killed someone with their bare hands had they ever learned about that. I mean, it's so there were parents upset about that. And there were parents upset about critical race theory and a couple of parents. There were, I think, 400 parents showed up in Loudoun County to basically just rip the hell out of these school board idiots. And the school board had invited them to talk and people had to register to speak at this meeting, there were over 200 people registered to speak. And after about number 49, the school board was like, we're done. And they said, you need to go. You told the crowd, you need to get out of here. Um, and they were like, no, we were here to talk. And they said, if you don't leave, we're going to have you arrested for trespassing. And then they did. Then they did. So, you know, those cops who did that, <laughs> not on yep. not on Liz and Julie's list of good cops, um, not
1: at all. And I mean, your school board, your school. So, I mean, most people, I assume this is the same in Virginia. I know it's this way in Illinois. Most of your property tax bill, yep. we have high property taxes in Illinois. I don't know how high they are in Virginia, but, um, most of it goes to your local schools. So the overwhelming majority of our property tax bill here in the suburbs goes to our high school district and our in our grade school district so and you're right so what happened over covid is parents now i have one in college i've got i have a junior in high school so they're not little when you're intimately involved and they were doing remote stuff on their own obviously what's happening in college is a whole different level but we're talking about indoctrinating kids really early so these parents and liz explain loudon county this is not you know this is not Trump country.
0: Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. These are the rich left. Most of these people are rich leftists. They are, like I mentioned, lobbyists, corporate attorneys. Um, these, <clears throat> this is a, a very wealthy, well-to-do area of people that work in and around the political industry. And those people are on, usually on the left. So this is not these people don't have Confederate flags on their pickup trucks. OK, <laughs> they don't. Right.
1: That's not the Virginia we're talking about. Okay. Okay. No. So, so, um, the the shutdown, the school shutdown, really exposed not just what kids were learning in school, but just the mendacity of the teachers union. They don't care about kids. They are just for anyone who doubted it ever, which they shouldn't have. A political tool, political arm, enforcer of the left, and so that they left hung these kids out to dry. People are infuriated at what their local school boards were doing, enabling teachers to stay at home, not go to school. When they did open, force their kids to wear masks, all the garbage that we've seen happen in schools across the country. So that sort of lit the fire, I think. But now this critical race theory, other things that they're forcing on um, our children, these parents are like, enough is enough. If we can't find Washington is gone. We have no chance of of taking control of our own federal government. State governments are gone. They don't care, especially in blue states. The only hold that an American taxpayer, and especially a parent, has on where they have any hope of influencing what's going on is at your local school board. Um, And so you're starting to see that. But those cops who arrested, and they arrested the man, I believe he was on Tucker on Wednesday night. <clears throat> Excuse me. See, my throat is still dry. I'm never <laughs> going to recover from that trip. Get a lozenge. Get a lozenge. God, damn you, West. Um, and he was is charged with trespassing. So now we're at a point where in open meetings or during business hours, regular Americans cannot go into public buildings that they pay for where public business is conducted by either elected or appointed people who are paid or compensated in some way with public dollars. Now we're trespassers on our own property.
0: Yeah. And that, and that gentleman had a point too, you know, he just wanted to be heard. And I I do think you make a great point mentioning parents are also annoyed because it was obvious that the teachers unions did not want to go back to in-class sessions, So right. they dumped the burden on the parents even more. And one other issue that this gentleman brought up, or I think it was another woman who was at this meeting, is that all of this horrible critical race garbage that is being taught, this racism being taught, none of that was public, right? This is not, you know, the schools right. send home information to parents all the time. Here's the books, here's the curriculum. That wasn't that was not disclosed. So these parents were shocked that what their kids were learning because it wasn't it was literally hidden from them. And so it's just it's it's really a powder keg waiting to happen. And the good news is that it's happening all over America. This there was another situation this week in. Randolph, New Jersey, New Jersey, okay, where the parents, over 200 parents showed up to the school board because the woke school board wanted to change Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day. And I should mention that this neighborhood, this school district is heavily Italian. So there's a lot of Italian people who did not like the idea of changing Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day. So the response to the objections, the parents' objections to doing that, was to ch- take all the names off the holidays, and the school calendar just said day off, like Thanksgiving. Instead of Thanksgiving, it said day off, or Easter, just said day off. Uh, Columbus Day also day off. So the parents were really angry, and they went and they and they they got the school board to completely reverse their decision, but. I think this is such a good sign where you're seeing people start to take ownership of their actual community. The word community is thrown around by the race baiters all the time. Like your community is someone that has your genitals or your community is someone that has your skin color. But your community is actually the people that are in proximity to your life, your neighbors, your family, your, your kids, friends, their parents. Those are those are your commute. Those that's actually your community. So these people are starting to get active and be more aware of the way the government at the very local level, at the community level, is influencing their life. So I think it's great. I hope it keeps happening. Uh, You could tell that the corporate elite media and the left are, are getting worried because there have been all of these hit pieces about how. The right wing is making it up. You know, it's just, they're getting the it's getting the climate change treating They're a oh, climate denier. You know, yep. the way that they marginalize people who question that, quote, science surrounding climate change. They're trying to do the same thing with people who who oppose critical race theory by saying it's partisan. It's just crazy right wingers, QAnon or whatever. You know, they're just trying to label it so that people are less likely to show up at their school board with their pitchforks and their torches to start screaming about it. So, but there have been pieces. The New York Times, Politico, all of the usual suspects have pieces. Oh, Republicans seize on <laughs> more pouncing you know, on on high murder rate, or Republicans seize and pounce on, you know, op- opposition to teaching their little children that they're like Hitler because they're white or something. You know, the nerve, the nerve of those parents. So, that yeah. is actually one of. a a positive thing that we're talking about on happy hour. It's a rare occurrence because normally we're gloom and doom. Um, but we'll get there. Don't worry. Don't Don't worry. worry, People. So, and speaking of gloom and doom, um, Kamala, did I say that right? Kamala, Kamala. Are you a racist? I am. I am. am. Kamala is going to be visiting Texas tomorrow. um, They say she's going to the border, but she's not going to the border. She's going to El Paso, Texas, which is a border town, but not where the problem is in Texas. And coincidentally, she is doing that just a few days before another political figure is visiting the border, namely Donald J. Trump, who announced A while ago, that he was going to be visiting the border with Greg Abbott, who is the governor of Texas. So, Kamala or Kamala um, Harris, (laughs) I guess I should say Harris, she um, is the border czar. Joe Biden dumped that on her, which is a funny story I'll talk about in a minute. And she has not been to the border, and a lot of people have been giving her shit about it, but not just Republican white supremacist QAnon people, but actual Democrat elected officials in the border towns that represent the border towns of Texas who are in deep shit. So tomorrow Kamala will go to Texas, I guess. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what she's going to do there. Well, what do you, you
1: know that there will be a lot of cackling and, laughing involved and a lot of this is not who we are this is who we are we are writing our own history we want to be on the right side of history i don't know
0: what is she going to say she's gonna she's probably not going to say as much as she's going to laugh that's right like you mentioned there's going to be a lot of cackling um i think it's interesting that the biden administration dumped this on Kamala. um it's it's a terrible mess because she kept
1: getting confronted about it even by journalists who are like you know republicans are pouncing on the fact you're not going to the border
0: right but i mean the the democrats and the biden administration know that it is a massive shit show down there um There's traffic, sex trafficking, drug trafficking, crime in the border towns along the border has skyrocketed. There are um, busting, they're busting stash houses of people. There's huge drug busts. It's such an awful situation. They could have just appointed another person, like, you know, DHS person or something, but they put it on her plate. And that's it's a no win situation you know, right. and I think they right. did that on purpose to keep her in her place. Because, you know, Kamala has her people, and Joe Biden has his people. And they're not the same people. And in DC, there are people are always angling for power, right to go up the ladder. So I think to put Kamala in her place, because she's probably measuring the drapes, because no, who knows how long Biden's gonna gonna last, right? She's, Right. She's ready. Right. I mean, remember, she was floating at 25th. And she wasn't she down in the 25th Amendment Club when Trump was president, yeah. I believe so. So yes. they're not dumb. So what do they do? They dump the border mess on her, you know. And the last thing she wants is photographs of her where there's piles of children covered in like that aluminum metallic blankets, um, you know, drinking, eating bugs, eating cicadas, and, um, you know, drinking toilet water, as AOC taught us uh, back, back a couple years ago. So I think they gave it to her out of spite. So now she's going to go and I think she's just going to be photographed with, um, you know, some officials, we're not going to see any inside shots of these, Cages that aren't cages anymore. They're, don't they have a nice name for them now that Trump is gone? Like detention centers?
1: I I believe it's camp.
0: Camp, right. uh, Disneyland. They just call them Disneyland. Right. I think it's called suites. Yeah. Yes. So I don't think we're going to see any pictures like that. It's just going to be pictures of her with elected officials, probably walking on some desert looking land. And then that's it. She's not going to be photographed with you know kids with no shoes swimming across the Rio Grande Um, maybe
1: she will donate um shoes her Chuck, maybe she'll bring like a bunch of Chuck Taylors oh my gosh yeah wouldn't
0: that be awesome if she like so grown up with a big like pickup like not a pickup not even a pickup truck but like a 18 wheeler and was like you get Chucks you get Chucks she did like an Oprah you get shoes you get shoes I could see Got that. my Chuck song with Saint Laurent. <laughs> <laughs> so that's um. So that is going to happen tomorrow. So when this show is out, so you can listen if you if you listen first to our show as you should. You should listen immediately as soon as we go live. Um, that's, your Friday is going to be ruined by a coverage of Kamala um, beating safe political. Uh, uh, politicians, because some of the politicians, the Democrats are really angry at her because the cities, the mayors in some of these towns are just getting decimated. The people in the city are angry because they're getting robbed. They're getting overrun. They don't have money to provide social services to a lot of these people. It's just a mess all around. So your Friday's going to be a mess, too. So we just we just want you to we just want to give you that.
1: Uh, yeah, that
0: fair that fair warning.
1: Yeah, and not a good fair warning. Yep. Not Van
0: Halen's fair warning. Oh, Liz oh and my Julie's god! Fair warning. Now we're getting we're gonna go to a dark Uh-oh. place. Julie. We're we Julie, to are dark place. <laughs> now we're gonna fight. <laughs> no, we're not. To we're gonna talk no. about. We're not gonna <laughs> talk about Van Halen this show. But let's talk about. Give us an update on our uh, January 6th QAnon white supremacist insurrectionists. What's the latest? With the domestic violent
1: extremists who are now misogynists, too, as I just saw a reporter say, because they said mean things about Nancy Pelosi.
0: Of course. Of course.
1: So the update this week, they continue to arrest people across the country for trespassing and disorderly conduct charges, ruining their lives, more FBI raids, et cetera, to terrorize Americans for going to their nation's capital and disputing the outcome of the election. So this week, a few things happened. Um, DOJ can brag about a big win, which was a guilty plea in a conspiracy charge, the first, I believe, first um, guilty plea for conspiracy related to the Oath Keepers case. The Oath Keepers, about 16 or 17 Oath Keepers, um, have been charged with really powerful felonies, which really will criminalize political. Dissent only for the right. This will never apply to the left. Never has Um, conspiracy charge and obstruction of an official proceeding. So the grand conspiracy was how various oath keepers from across the country texted each other, coordinated their plans to go to Washington, D.C. Some of them stay in a hotel in Virginia, um, and then went to the nations, went to the Capitol on January 6th. They entered in a stack formation, which is a military type, I guess, formation. Some of them dressed in military garb, went into the Capitol through an open door, um, stayed inside for about 20 minutes, took some selfies, had no weapons, hurt no one, assaulted no police officer and uh, didn't vandalize the building, left peaceably, and their lives are being destroyed. So one man, Graydon Young, who's actually an MBA uh, businessman, um, he actually was held for weeks in pretrial detention, even though he, like so many others, have no criminal record. He finally broke this week, pleaded guilty to charge of conspiracy obstruction of an official proceeding. He has agreed to cooperate with the government, this always makes me laugh. Now, this is the second Oath Keeper who's agreed to cooperate with the government. I don't exactly know what they're going to
0: cooperate with. That's what I was going to ask. Like, what, what does that mean? How did you coordinate your outfits for that day? I don't know. Yeah. They, but
1: literally, this is in the charging documents, Liz, that they talked about whether to wear jeans or khaki pants. This is in official government documents as part of this conspiracy for the Oath Keepers to travel to their own nation's capital to hear their own president to protest an election that clearly was rigged and go into what used to be called, again, the people's house. It's now Pelosi's house that is protected by stormtroopers known as the U.S. Capitol Police. And they now are two of them remain behind bars in the deplorable jail in D.C. This guy saw what was coming. He's probably already spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal fees. I heard from one defendant this week whose family has spent three quarters of a million dollars retainer on this person's defense. I can't oh say the gosh. name, but yes. So these people are being utterly bankrupted. Their reputations destroyed. Their families destroyed. And now he's charged. Now he's finally broke. Um, you know, can't really blame the guy. It'll be hilarious to see what kind of information he's going to give the government because the case is over. It's a hilarious case. But how this is going to apply in the future, when now the conspiracy is planning with one or more people to go obstruct an official proceeding of Congress, think of all the times that that could have applied in the past and will apply in the future. I mean, certainly didn't apply in 2018 to the thousands of Kavanaugh protesters who are trying to stop his confirmation hearing and the confirmation process. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Anyway, that was a, a big win for DOJ this week. Now, everyone should feel very relieved that feel a safe, you feel safe that I this, do that and that the 49-year-old Indiana grandmother of five, um, Anna Lloyd Morgan, is now going to be on three years probation after she pleaded guilty to one charge of parading, demonstrating, and picketing in the Capitol building. Hmm. Uh, She was slapped with four charges, spent two nights in jail. Um, Of course, like a lot of January 6th defendants cannot afford her own attorney. So she was appointed an attorney, a DC criminal attorney named Heather Shainer, who is a far left wing radical who thinks America is great, except that it was built by slaves and the result of genocide against native Americans. These are her words, not mine and gave poor helpless Anna Lloyd, Anna Morgan Lloyd, excuse me, um, a book list and a movie list of how horrible America is in an attempt to reprogram her love for her country and her president, Donald Trump. And apparently this was a successful uh, reprogramming, re-education effort because Lloyd in her plea hearing yesterday that I listened to was broke down in tears, apologized to the country, apologized to the court, She now repents for her support for Donald Trump. She accepts Joe Biden as our duly elected president, as her attorney told the court. She changed her mind on the death penalty. She ratted out her son-in-law and accused him of being a Holocaust denier after she Mm -hmm. watched Schindler's List, which, by the way, everyone should watch Schindler's List. Great movie. Beautiful. I mean, a terrifying, horrifying, heartbreaking movie. But your lawyer should not force you to watch anything or read anything. And so um, she is really basically the first sort of uh, conviction. She will not spend any time behind bars, even though the judge Royce Lambert, a geezer Reagan appointee really told her he was going easy on her. He was giving her a break because he could send her to jail for six months for her uh, misdemeanor.
0: What is up with the the judges who go along with this? I mean, does does Royce Lambert really think that this woman is a danger? This grandma? Um, no,
1: he knows that she's not a danger. He doesn't care. He actually so this is Royce Lambert. <clears throat> Keep in mind, these are the same cabal of DC district judges who were in on the Trump prosecution for four years. So we're talking about people like Emmett Sullivan, Amy Berman Jackson, Beryl Howell, who is the chief judge who helped oversee the Robert Mueller probe, these same judges who were tyrants from the bench, did everything that they could um, to try to entrap, to try to convict and did Trump associates. Um, These are now, they're now going after poor Indiana grandmothers and for, and veterans and et cetera, people charged with trespassing and disorderly conduct. So, um, I've heard a few. So Lamberth not only was talking about how he was letting her off the hook, but also riffing about the congressman who suggested that part of what happened on January 6th looked like tourists, which, of course, we know is a fact from the video. He was riffing about that, also weighing in on the ridiculousness of the idea that there were FBI informants and the Oath Keepers, Proud Boys and Three Percenters He's overseeing one of the three percenters cases, I, I believe. Um, and so he was raging yesterday. What planet are these congressmen from who think this is a terror, uh, that uh, this was a tourist um, trap, tourist, whatever you want to call it, excursion? So this is the mindset of these judges. They are, so somebody like Royce Lambert has been on the bench, what, since 100 Biden, years? So a, a gazillion <laughs> years. He doesn't view the judicial system or Washington, D.C. as the people's capital or a fair judicial system. They they own that. Right. This is theirs. You don't come into their territory and do anything out of line. They have taken this so personally. One judge, Tim Kelly, who I think is a Trump appointee, um, was raging from the bench about how these people attacked the nation's crown jewel, the U.S. Capitol building.
0: What the F is that? Julie, so you, since you've been following this so closely and I haven't, maybe you can tell me um, after the QAnon white supremacist insurrectionists breached the Capitol, what steps did they take to overthrow the United States Constitution? Like, I I suppose you can make a case that they were trespassing because they weren't supposed to be there, but when I start hearing all this rhetoric about the threat, the threat that was posed, right. I, I, I'm wondering like what, what steps were taken to actually seize the government, the seat of power of, of the United States, of America, you know, like, because from the videos that I've seen, there's just a bunch of people kind of milling around sitting on benches walking most of the people i mean there are people who broke windows and and that but i mean what actual steps were taken to like gain control of of the of the government because we are repeatedly peppered with threatening language you know that there was a threat and there was they tried to overthrow democracy but i i still haven't gotten any details about what the plan was you know once they got inside how they were going to prevent the political process from moving forward.
1: Well, this is what prosecutors are going to have to defend in court. So you're going to get these early plea deals from people who are completely broken and have no choice. Um, But the people who are going to hold out, and I'm hearing even the people who – Are in this DC jail, they're hoping to break. They're not going to submit to plea deals. They're going to force this to go to court. So, when these finally go to trial, um, the prosecutors are going to have to defend what they've said in these documents, which is calling these people rioters and insurrectionists, that they attacked the Capitol. Proving up this obstruction of an official proceeding statute, which more than 200 people have been charged with. So this is a felony that's been added to misdemeanor cases. So when the Joe Biden's Justice Department finally has to explain in open court how these people obstructed an official proceeding, how that statute, which technically was supposed to apply. It was a post Enron 2002 law signed into law by George W. Bush, who warned at the time that this particular provision should not apply to political protesters, Um, how they are going to use, how they're going to prove that Um, because they have a lot of cases where they're going to have to prove that. So what did they do? They disrupted. And a lot of these people went into the Capitol after they had already whisked lawmakers out of, allegedly, you know, in a big optics thing, out of the chambers uh, and halted the certification process. Well, they were back at work six hours later. And eventually they still they didn't stop anything. Eventually, I think it was three in the morning on January 7th, where they certified officially the Electoral College. There's also, I think, some dispute whether this is even a legal whether this would apply as an official proceeding, because I think a lot of it is some of it is ceremonial. So the big constant, the big question will be what happened on January 6th. Does that even apply as an official proceeding business? I mean, I guess on its face it does, but to your point, Liz, they are going to have to prove that these people did something nefarious were organized by how higher powers to disrupt what was happening, which really was not their point, because if you talk to people who were there on January 6th, they're livid because they're like, what happened stopped what we wanted to happen. Right. The the rub is that what was happening that day was not the certification of the Electoral College. What was happening that day when the, the Republicans still they wanted the tent, they wanted the audit. They were arguing yep. right to prolong this. So how are they going to say? Well, they were stopping the of, Well, for the most part, it wasn't going to happen that day, correct? I mean, if they got their way, which maybe they wouldn't have.
0: um, Well, I think it was going to go on longer. From what I recall, the idea was that some of the elected officials, there were people, there had to be one person in the Senate and one person in the Congress to raise objections, and there was going to be debate. I don't think it was going to go long. I don't think it was going to not happen on January sixth. I think they wanted it to go longer, like where there was a two hour debate on this. I can't remember the specifics. I'm not, I'm not a, a a parliamentarian, but they were going. They wanted to go back to their respective chambers and then have these elected officials enter in all these irregularities into the record about just whatever information that they had compiled in these states that you know made the election process you know a little very irregular and and i think at the end of the day it wasn't so that there was they didn't certify the election it was just that it was an opportunity to say all of these things that they had been denied through the alleged due process after the election in november like there were in different states there were various pieces of information that were collected now nothing happened they could they were shut down before there could be an investigation a lot of a lot of people say, oh, well, they Trump filed a 1,000 lawsuits. No, he didn't. They filed like three lawsuits. But there were other entities that sued. The problem was they never had access to the things they needed to make their case. That's and right. so the beginning of the lawsuit was just so that they could then get access to whatever it is they needed access to, whether it was, you know, video surveillance, whether it was voting machines, whether it was ballots for review, and because the media had immediately declared Biden the winner, didn't allow anyone to really come out and say these are the things going on. The people didn't. The the, the public was unaware of the irregularities. This is the the this is the thought process of the of the Republicans that. So they wanted an opportunity unvarnished without going through CNN or the Washington Post or the New York Times to say, these are the things that happen. You know, we have 1000 affidavit sworn affidavits from poll workers who say, you know, some dump truck dumped, you know, 25,000 ballots with no creases or, you know, only one voting for only one person that was Biden or whatever it was. I mean, I, I don't know all the specifics. So that was the idea is that these some elected officials were going to object. Now, I should also remind our listeners that every time that we go through this process, every four years or eight years, um, th- there are people that object to the electoral college certification. The Democrats did it for Trump. They did it for Trump. There were congressmen, and I don't know if there was anyone in the Senate, but there were absolute congressmen who objected. That's right. It happens all the time. It is not out of the ordinary for this to happen. They just wanted an opportunity to present the information unvarnished to the public and to go into a record somewhere. Um, that was what I understood was hap- What what I understood was happening. So, you know, as you mentioned, there's over 500 people, I guess, have been arrested and charged. There was a very small number of those people that were engaged in something that is actually illegal, like beating up a police officer breaking windows, breaking things, anything like that, breaking past um, the barriers, those people, the number of people that did that is much smaller compared to the 500 people, the hundreds of people who just walked to the Capitol, saw doors open, had the doors open, had no idea what else had been going on there and wandered in. And now, you know, they're caught up in a special hell. Um, and they had no plans to stop anything. Or, like again, the charge is not that these are trespassers. That's not the narrative. The narrative is these people were trying to overthrow the government of the United States of America. And remember, we had twenty, we had more, we had twenty-five thousand uh, guardsmen in the Capitol, razor wire, everything was, you know, shut off because the threat was that severe. Okay. And, right. So if that is true, then you need to kind of give the receipts, right? What was the plan to like over take, take over the government from these people that did that? What, you know, how was that going to go down? Right. <laughs> so, well,
1: uh, this was one thing um, the judge who's overseeing this, uh, the Oath Keepers case is judge Mehta. Um, was it Maida? See, I get all, I, I'm sorry. It is judge Maida. Yeah. Um, He's an Obama appointee. He he has a mixed record on all of this. As far as I'm concerned, Um, he had to let out a few people on pretrial detention after the appellate court smacked down the zip tie guy in his mom's pretrial detention. Um, But he's overseeing this. So in a hearing a couple, I want to say a month or so ago, he seemed to get a little impatient with the federal government and basically said, look, you know, you've started arresting these people in early January. It's May. So it must have been last month. Um, Where's your evidence? And this is a big uh, unwieldy case. He also suggested that they were going to have to split up the cases into different cases because there's 16. Well, now there's 15 defendants in in the Oath Keepers conspiracy case. Um, So they're going to really. So the government some judges anyway are getting impatient with DOJ continuing to ask for and receive 60 day continuances before they're even providing any, they don't even have a trial date yet for this. Um, and so I think next month you're going to start to see, hopefully see some of these judges, not this geezer Lamberth, not the geezer Tom Hogan, who's 82 years old, another Reagan appointee who refused to let the sick sprayers out of jail. Um, but some of these other judges, Chris Cooper is another one, an Obama appointee. He has expressed some frustration with uh, DOJ about their lack of discovery and putting their cases together. So I really think July will be a little bit of a turning point where they're going to start putting pressure. You know, they've got 500 cases they've got to prove. And they have all this video evidence they say that they can't get through. Well, hey, you started arresting people, you know, January 8th. You impaneled a grand jury on January 8th. We now are going to be six months later. Where's What are you doing?
0: Well, I think the, the plan, when I'm guessing, based on just the sheer numbers of people that they're trying to, um, you know, collar, that they don't have intention at all of bringing these people to any kind of trial. They just want them to plead out, right? right. I mean, they 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 can't have 500 Trials. I mean, that's just that's just not gonna that's just not gonna happen. I think what they want is they just want to get as many people to make pleas so people can pad their um, leaderboards with convictions yeah. and say, oh, well, you know, we got all these, we had, and then they can go out and say in the newspaper headlines, over 400 people pled guilty to you know overthrowing the United States of America or whatever it is, but they don't have any intention of going to trial. So I think that their purpose is to drag this out so that they do break people. You know, they're people who um, have lost their job or they, their life is on hold. um, Their family is suffering and they're just willing to do whatever it takes to get it over with. Like Mike Flynn did, you know, like he was willing to just do whatever to get it over with because it was like a special hell in limbo. So um, you've done such a great job covering this. Um, I always look forward to hearing you sigh, sadly, to me after you've watched some of these telehearings.
1: Um, <laughs> and go chug a few martinis afterwards. But You start you know. doing shots. Well, thank
0: you. <laughs> exactly. Nobody would blame you. <laughs> That's liquor shots, not gunshots. Liquor shots.
1: Well, not and too, Liz, as you know, and our listeners could probably uh, anticipate, DOJ wants to drag this out into next year. Um 2022 to use these cases against the sedition caucus um, and hang these convictions or the trespassing grandmas or the conspiratorial ex-veterans or veterans and the Oath Keepers um, and, you know, prove that these people, these House Republicans and handful of senators are traitors and do not deserve reelection. It's Robert Mueller 2.0, right? Same thing that happened successfully in 2018. Um, but it'll be on steroids next year.
0: Definitely. I think you're right about that. But I also think that they would, would like to get some people on the record, you know, in, in a plea agreement to say, Donald Trump incited me to do this so that they can, you know, keep Trump from running again in 2024. So I think they'd also like to get some of these people on the record blaming Trump. Um, That's right. A hundred percent. I mean, it's definitely, you know, they're at a disadvantage for the midterm. So it's for sure, you know, trying to, to stop the bleeding there, but I, I have no doubt that they want to use this to try and keep Trump from running again. And, you know, here on happy hour, I think I speak for both of us when I say we don't really want Trump to run again. Nope. <laughs> so no, no, don't, don't run. No, if you're listening, we're don't, okay. Don't run with that. We're, we're fine done. with that. Yeah. yeah. So, and we're done literally because it's been over an hour because it's been Woo, so much Well, fun. I mean,
1: look, we have a few bonus moments because we had to skip last week because I was, I was drying out in the West. <laughs> not, not figuratively drying out. Literally. We were
0: dehydrated. That would never happen. <laughs> <laughs> But I well, missed you. So I'm glad we, missed. now we have, we're back and we'll be back next week. And thank you for listening. And if you do not subscribe, please go to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz on iTunes and subscribe. And rate us five stars, if possible six. And have a a fantastic weekend. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. We'll see you next week.